0: Would encourage you to do that because it's building upon where we're going today, that we are the body of Christ. Last week I mentioned to you that the word church that Jesus uses for the first time in Matthew 16 is the Greek word ekklesia. And one of the meanings of that in classical Greek is that it is a summoning of the citizens to gather together to discuss the government of the kingdom in order to change the city. That's pretty specific about what the church is. Uh, we, the church, we were summoned, we're called out from our homes and our jobs to gather together in specific locations and times and we discuss the kingdom and the government of the kingdom. Do you know Jesus never preached anything but the kingdom? John the Baptist Matter of fact it says that when John the Baptist came he came preaching the kingdom and that before that the law and the prophets were preached but when John came there was a change of the message that was being preached and now the kingdom of God was preached and Jesus advanced the kingdom and he said in Matthew 16 he was building his church the ecclesia. The word ecclesia, also in Greek it's on the screen it's a compound word. The first is ek or eek. It means the origin or the source of a thing. And then klesia means to identify by name. Thus, he's speaking of his redeemed image and likeness in human form. So we are called out from our homes and our jobs to gather together. That doesn't just have to be on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. That is a good time to gather to fellowship and discuss kingdom principles and kingdom government because we are ruling and reigning right now. We're not waiting to rule and reign, folks. We're ruling and reigning with him. And Paul said, in this life, through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. That's how we rule and reign, as his bride with him. But our source of identity... And it's amazing that in Matthew, the 16th chapter, the context of Jesus saying that he would build his church is identity. First realizing who he is, Peter said, you are the Christ. And then he said, now let me tell you who you really are. You're a rock, Peter. And upon this revelation of Christ, I will build my church, the ecclesia. You and I look at your neighbor, look at those around you, touch them if you're in reach of someone and say you are the church. Actually, we are the church. And together we have been identified by his name as his redeemed image and his likeness in human form. Why is it a redeemed image and likeness? Because we were created and have always been created in his image and likeness according to Genesis the first chapter. When he created man, how did he create him? In his image and likeness, in our image and likeness the God had said. Now because of sin that lied at the door and then those that took opportunity to let sin rule, it marred the image of that likeness of God in the earth that likeness of Christ so Jesus shows up and he says I am the exact representation or image and we're going to talk about that day of the invisible father I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is going to be good yeah. according to Ephesians the first chapter you might want to write that down it's not going to be on the screen but according to Ephesians the first chapter verses 19 through 22 This is what Paul begins to speak out here and write. He says that it was the Father through the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Then he seated him at the right hand of the Father where you and I are in him. We're not just seated with him. We are seated in him in heavenly places. And he gave him charge of everything from galaxies to government. That's powerful right there. Lisa loves galaxies. She likes to look at the stars and she told me last night that Saturn was visible from uh, outside and I said it's too cloudy and she said it's visible, it's going to be visible in the east. Tell telling me all about it. She loves galaxies to governments. Nothing is exempt from his rule. Now stay with me. Not just for the time being but for eternity. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on Everything. At the center of all of this ruling from galaxies to government, he rules the church. The church is his body. In which and through which we are the body. And in the body and through the body, he speaks, he acts, he rules and he expresses himself to the world, that means he fills everything with his presence. He is not only present omnipresent, that means he's everywhere all the time. That is supernatural, and only the Spirit can comprehend that but he gives reality to that he is everywhere all of the time through his body in human form, the church. That is powerful. Can I blow your mind? If Jesus would come down from heaven right now in physical form and stand right here the world wouldn't see him. Only Grace Life Church would be able to see him and whoever would be watching on the internet. Because in his fleshly human form, he could only be in one place at one time. And thus he could only heal those that were in his bodily presence. But he speaks to the church, his disciples before he ascends and he says greater things. Now the teacher or, or the student is not greater than the teacher, the disciple is not greater than the master. How can we do greater things? Because through his body, you are the church, you are his body, you are the called out one summoned to discuss kingdom principles and activities to change your city. You are his liken- you are his redeemed likeness and image in the world in human form, thus, he can be everywhere, every, all the time doing his work in greater forms and fashions than he did when he was on the planet. Yep. That's an incredibly good news for the church. You are, We are the church, and we are a body, not a building. We put names on the outside of buildings and we say such and such church, and we put our denominational name on it, this denomination church, and church of Christ, and church of God, and church of this, and... The building, when it is empty, is void of the presence of God. Until you step in, you are a carrier of the presence of God, and anywhere you go, there is the kingdom. And it has, and you the rule and reign, and that is the king's domain. I'm trying to build you up and encourage you this morning that you are the body. And that he is speaking through you, acting through you, and expressing himself through you to the world. The church, she is a living organism, not an organization. Living, laughing, crying, sharing, praying, breathing. The church is moving. It's a moving, living organism. It's not stagnant. It doesn't stay in one place. The church moves. The body is not weak, she's not anemic, she is not powerless. Now some would say that she is, some would even declare in pulpits across America this morning that there's something wrong with her and that she is void of the power and the presence of God and that she is anemic and I rebuke that and I say that that is a wrong mindset and I declare over the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, that you are powerful. Mm. Stay with me now, in Ephesians, and we're going to the fifth chapter. Now, you might want to turn to this one, and it'll be on the screen. Verse 23, chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 23, and this is from the Mirror Paraphrase Bible. It's in a tremendous paraphrase and commentary to add, and I'm not adding to the Word of God. It adds insight to the Word of God in the language that Francis Dutois through the Holy Spirit, has been able to collectively study and give us. And he says that Christ gives salvation, security, and completeness. Underline that word and mark that down. Completeness to the church as the head does to the body. Watch this. Where is the brain located? In the head. In the Where do we put on the helmet? Of what? It's the mind that brings security to the believer. Cut off the head. The body is lifeless. It it can't even think that it has security because there's no life in it. And brings completeness. At one point in scripture, Jesus said that the son of man had no place to lay his head. He was not talking about that he didn't have any place to spend the night. He could have gone to Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house at any time. He had friends that supported his ministry. He did have a place to lay down and go to sleep during his ministry on the earth. He was speaking of under the old covenant where there were just rules and regulations that man could not follow, that he could not lay his head on that, that he was going to felt the Holy Spirit he was going to lay his head upon the redeemed image and likeness through human beings called the church man now Christ does not abuse his body he said last week he doesn't abuse his bride and we've got to get away from the abused sp- abuse spouse syndrome unfortunately I, I, and fortunately I have repented But unfortunately, I used to abuse the body of Christ. I would get up and abuse her, put her under condemnation, and and thought, and people would even tell me, you stepped all over my toes today. Good. That's abuse. Now, let me take a sidetrack. Some of us, some of you, are abusing your physical body. Got quiet. We are putting things into our bodies that we shouldn't put into our bodies, and it's abusing our bodies. I pray for and believe in longevity of life, but there are things that the Holy Spirit will deal with me about that will shorten my life if I continue to abuse my body. Same way within the body of Christ. Anyone or any organization that wants to abuse the body, just wipe the dust off of your feet, and I I would do a transplant. I would transplant my family in some place and under some teaching that is going to build us up and encourage us as the bride and the body of Christ and not abuse us. So... Instead, Scripture says he pampers his body, serving it and satisfying all of its needs. As the head, he gives life. He does not want to do anything to damage his body. And so he is only going to speak over it, give commands to the body. See, this is the central nervous system that gives commands to the rest of the body to do things. For me to reach down and pick up my phone, there has to be a command that comes from the head that goes out to the body. And so in Scripture, where you see in the New Testament Gospels, the word palsy, that is a, it's a paralyzation. It's when the body, there's a disturbance or a distraction, and the body does not respond to the commands that are being sent from the head. So the the brain, the head of the church, Christ, is giving commands. These are not demands. He's speaking life over you. He's giving a command and an instruction for the arm to do this and for the ear to hear this and the eye to see that and the feet to do that the organs to function that the way they were created. Can I just stop and say, I thank God. I'm getting older, and as I get older, there are different organs in my body that play tricks on me, and I just want to praise God right now that my kidneys function, that my intestines function, that my limbs are working, that I have vitality and strength of life. Will you speak that over yourself this morning, whether you're young or old? But you know, some mornings you wake up with things hurting that you didn't know that you even had. (laughs) <laughs> just wait Nicholas <laughs> yeah don't even speak that over them that's right don't give up on the body of Christ because of one person lean in and hear that again don't give up on the body of Christ because of one person You may have experienced or encountered something from an individual within the body of Christ not functioning in their grace gift. And because of that offense, we've given up on the body of Christ. I say to everyone listening and under the sound of my voice, do not give up on the body of Christ because of one person. Christ is the head. Take your instruction and command from him. He serves and satisfies us as members of the body. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord with this message this morning and my intent and goal is to encourage you with it because you are the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Stay with me. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Now jump down to verse 30. This is the passion translation. We are his flesh and bone body. Gary is holding Bonnie's hand right now. They are... Flesh and bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. They joined into covenant relationship with one another how many years ago? 53 years ago. That's incredible. Thank you, Jesus. That is only a symbol. We can't even get a full picture of the unity, the seamless oneness, the mystical union that is existing between Christ, the head, and the body. Because he serves her and he satisfies all of her needs. We are flesh and bone body. Bearing his image and likeness, we, we give tangible. That means you can touch, feel, see. We, You and I, the body, we give tangible expression of him in the world. It's back there on the board. Pay attention to it all month. Memorize it. Get it into your spirit. Meditate it. You are the tangible, visible expression of Christ in the world. Some of you will remember a good friend of mine, Walter Underwood. Walter was a big old burly dude. And the first time he ever came to church and heard my dad preach he met him at the back door and he said, you're a blankety-blank preacher. And it was a compliment. But he used to sing a song that Reba Rambo McGuire and Donnie McGuire wrote in the 70s, and it was called, I See Jesus in You. Do you remember that song? I See Jesus in You. Man, that is truth. That is powerful. It says in that song, I see Jesus in your eyes. I feel Jesus in your touch. I sense Jesus in your voice. I see Jesus in you. You are the tangible, visible expression of Christ in the earth. The resistance that I feel in this is not because you don't want to believe it. It's because you've never been told it. It's hard. It was hard for me. To accept the reality. Now, I've heard cliches, I've even used them. Oh, you are the hands and the feet of God, and you know, yes. But to receive the reality that we are in human form, Christ told his disciples that it was to their advantage for him to go away. Why? Because then he would empower, embody us with his spirit so that we could now be his visible, tangible expression in the earth matter of fact in Colossians 1 verse 18 that follows verse 15 that said and I'll get to 15 in a minute but verse 18 declares that Jesus is head of his body that means that he is the supreme chief prominent cornerstone uniting two he is the life source and the leader now I'm trying not to, I don't want to go too long, but there's so much stuff and I'm only on page 2 of 10. I'm just (laughs) Romans 12 verse 4 says, it's on the screen, for as in one body we have many members. So in your body you have hands, feet, fingers, toes, fingernails, eyes, eyelashes, nose, nose hair, ears, ears hair. All of those things provide a function in your body. And the members do not all all have the same function. So we though many are one body in Christ, individual members of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Here it is. Let us use them all. And then he lists in Romans 12 some gifts. Prophecy, teaching, service, exhorting, generosity, mercy, hospitality, leading with zeal, grace, uh, cheerfulness, and, and some others. And he lists them there. And he says that individually we need to function, operate as God has graced us or purposed us. I just want to pull one of them out and chase a rabbit real quick. Can I tell you that when you prophesy, you do not prophesy judgment. It's not prophecy. Zechariah, the 13th chapter, verses 12 and 13, tells us, even gets so specific that said, may one be thrust through with a sword. That prophesies judgment on God's people. Because the, the prophecy of judgment ceased with the old covenant. Because John 12 says, Jesus himself speaking, I have taken all judgment unto myself. And if he has taken all of something, there's nothing of it left, and so he's not going to prophesy judgment. Doom, gloom, that's just not what he's going to do. Matter of fact, Paul tells us specifically that prophesy, prophesying in the new covenant edifies exhorts, builds up and encourages and he uses this term the body of Christ so I'm going to release you to prophesy it doesn't have to be in a corporate gathering it can be but just know with gentle loving correction if it's judgment I won't receive it and I won't allow it to be perpetrated upon the body of Christ at Grace Life That's why I'm cautious who we let behind this pulpit to speak to you because we're not going to bring judgment and doom and gloom upon you. Thank you, Pastor. Now, staying in that same vein, many members, all functioning with different graces and gifts. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, again, Paul begins to list some gifts, but he puts it in context, verse 2. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it each with his own special purpose and function. That's the Amplified. Lisa's purpose and function is not the same as my purpose and function. Scott's purpose and function is not the same as Paul's and we can go throughout all of the body of Christ and and talk of that but collectively, I like the terminology Paul uses, fitly joined together, operating in each one's gift, we are his redeemed image and likeness in human form in the earth. For Christ to be fully expressed to the world, we must function together in our own gifts. Let me read 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20. Passion Translation, to give some context to this further, okay? For by one Spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. I like that. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still important, important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear... How could it smell different fragrances? But God was carefully desi- has carefully designed each member, placed them into the body to function as he desires. And a diversity is required for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions but one body. So if you don't hear anything else this morning, hear this next phrase, okay? There are many different members, yet no one competes with the other in function, but rather completes the other. Let's stop competing with one another and let's start completing one another. Man, that is good. We are to complement one another. And if I'm an ear and I hear the voice of the Lord speaking to the church but you may be the voice that speaks to the church or you may be the eyes that see dreams and vision or you may be the one that walks as the feet of God into foreign lands or to different uh, unreached people groups. It's time to stop competing and start completing one another. In the same vein of thinking, let your faith, not a title, inspire you to operate and function in the body. So many people want to be called apostle this, a Mr. Prophet that, and prophetess this. Your title does should not inspire you to operate in your gift. The faith of the one who went to the cross and despised the shame and he was crucified and hung high is the one that should inspire us to function and operate in our giftedness. Come on, somebody. Don't allow hesitation to interrupt the rhythm of the body. Don't allow hesitation. There, I hope my Holy Spirit. I feel, let me give context to it this way. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul tells us how to act in a corporate worship setting together in decency and in order. Okay? Now, in that, I was talking to my, Brother the other day, um, and Joey and I were sharing, and he asked a very good question. What does it mean that the gifts are subject to the offices? In a corporate gathering, the one who has been placed in authority over that service for that corporate gathering has to be a traffic cop in some ways, shapes, and forms, and sometimes we miss it. Can I just be honest that sometimes we miss it? Sometimes we don't, but that's for the corporate worship service. You have one Lord, and it's not Pastor Jamie Wright or any other man or woman of God. You have one Lord. When you are outside of a corporate worship setting, don't allow hesitation to interrupt the rhythm of the flow of the body as you operate in the gifts. If you're at work, if you're on the streets ministering, if you're in the grocery store, at a ball game, wherever you may be, as the Holy Spirit begins to unctionize you in your purpose and in your function, don't hesitate. Flow in that. I would encourage and release you to do the same here. It just may be that sometimes the traffic cop may say not today. And I I, I can miss it. But in fact, this would—this Jennifer will understand what I'm saying. When I w- would go to services with my spiritual grandfather, and sometimes I'm talking about four-hour-long services, and twelve to fifteen hundred people would be in the room, and he would make this comment. He would say, "There's eight to nine hundred people here right now that want to speak," and I was always shaking my head and saying, "Thank God, it was it's not me." I was never one of those eight or 900 people. I didn't want to get up in front of all those people and speak. Do you understand what I'm saying when it comes to a corporate worship service? No one is more important than the other. Wherever God places you in the body, it is to complete the body, not compete with another function so that we can be in full expression of the ecclesia, ecclesia of God. We all mirror him. Um, What God now has in the body is an expression and it means that we are to, let me use this, represent or represent him in the earth. Now if we look at that word represent in the English language, it's the prefix re which means again, present. He came, Jesus came, Colossians 1:15, as the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God. He was the visible representation of the invisible God. Now, you and I are the visible, tangible expression and image of Christ in the earth. And we are representing him. That word simply means to present again. We are presenting Christ again to the world. I think a lot of times we're presenting him again in his correct image. Not this angry, wrathful God that wants to make you a grease spot along high, life's highway if you make a mistake or you stumble or you fall. It means to bring clarity to the mind. To exhibit in equal fashion. Hmm. I'm not saying that you are equal to God. But I am saying that you are little gods. That's what Psalms 85 says. Why do they call us Christians? Because we are Christ-like. We are the likeness and image of Christ. Each expression of his gift is to fully equip and enable the saints for the work of the ministry so that we may mutually contribute in our specific function to give definition to the visible expression of Christ. The body is to function and operate above all things in love. Okay, I want you to do an exercise with me. Close your eyes and begin in your imagination to picture Jesus in bodily form walking on the earth. This is just an exercise. Use your imagination. Picture this. See him reaching out with compassionate hands to heal. See him walking among the outcast, the looked over, the disabled. See him sitting at a table, sharing a meal with the hurting. See him proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to an unloved woman at a well. To an unclothed woman at his feet, caught. Now open your eyes. Have you ever heard the phrase and the terminology that you are the hands and the feet of Christ? What does that mean? That means that everything that you pictured in your imagination right now is how the body of Christ is to operate and function in the world. But you guys come and begin to play? This isn't a backup plan. This isn't God changing his mind because what Jesus did didn't work. It's quite the opposite. Jesus came and gave his life for us and to us so that when he went away and then filled us with his spirit empowered us that we would become witnesses do you know that the language that is used there it means that we are called to be witnesses but it's a shame that we've operated as judges a witness doesn't judge the accident the witness gives an account of what was seen and we give an account of what we've seen and heard from our Father. Ephesians 1.23 says, And now we, His church, are His body on the earth, and that which fills Him fills is being filled by it. In other words, He fills us so that we can fill the earth. One of the greatest pieces of evidence that the church, His body, is a supernatural agent in the world is the fact that it continues to thrive for over two thousand years the church has done nothing but grow the kingdom has advanced and it is expanding in spite of governmental systems you can amen anywhere you want in spite of economic crisis, moral collapse, political opinions persecution, war, rumors of war and cancel culture the church of the living God is thriving across the land today the church of the living God will never experience death the body of Christ will never encounter defeat and as we stated last week no power of darkness can overcome it it is a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Stand with me if you will please. St. Augustine lived in the first century. he said the disciples saw the head they saw Jesus in his physical form and they believed in the body us we see the body we must believe that we're connected to the head and we must believe that we are the body of Christ The visible tangible expression of Christ to the world it's a great responsibility but he has not left us powerless nor incapable of walking in it that's why I love Paul in Galatians that he says the life that I now live is the life that I live in the faith of the one whom God sent if not for the faith of Christ to believe that what the father had sent him to do would be the saving and the eradication of sin of the whole world it's his faith and his obedience that we look to and give praise to God for that now we allow him to live his life through us. greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world that gives us the confidence to be the visible tangible expression of God in the earth would you guys just play would you just begin to thank God for this encouragement this morning we're going to move into a time of ministering to the Lord and then allowing the Lord to minister to us this the front, which we call the altar, is here to you for you to respond however the Holy Spirit leads you. If you've not believed unto salvation this morning, believe that the blood of Jesus purchased your salvation and that it cut a brand new covenant that He is in covenant with Himself for and He wants to give you all the benefits that are in that. Would you believe this morning and repent and change your mind and your direction? If there's unbelief that has crept in, discouragement, and you just want to say afresh and anew this morning that, I, that you believe, the altar's a good place to do it, but you can be in your seat and do it. You can sit, kneel, stand, lay down. You can do it on the couch at home in the car. But repent this morning and change your mind about who you are, what Christ has graced you to do, in the body of Christ.